0: Welcome to the Women's Health Wisdom & Wine podcast, a bi-weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www. LorenaWhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. In today's episode, Camille Martin, a registered dietitian, talks with us about living life on a diet and the perspective of a self-professed former chronic dieter, our relationships with food and how reframing common destructive habits and negative thought patterns can reverse the downward dieting spiral. Let's listen. welcome, welcome. welcome. We have our guest here today, Ms. Camille. So before we dive right in, introduce yourself and tell us first who you are. Sure. Hi,
1: Lorena. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, this is such a pleasure to be on. And um, yeah, so I'm a registered dietitian and I'm also an editor and technical writer for the CDC. Um, But most importantly, I'm a former chronic dieter. I dieted for probably it was almost 25 years of my life until I finally said no more and just gave up on it and quit and that's actually when my whole life turned around so we can get into that but in a nutshell that's who I am. (laughs) I love it, I
0: love it. So you mentioned the battle of the bulge. You've experienced Mm -hmm. life on a diet as you say and you are a self-professed former chronic dieter. So tell us a little bit about how your personal experience frames your approach to weight loss.
1: Yes. Okay. So I started dieting when I was 12, which is very, very young. Wow. Um, but yeah, getting all of the messages that we um, as women get and as my children get, my daughters get, um, I internalized very deeply the message that what I looked like was most important. Right. Um, and so at around age 12 is when I started hearing conversations among the women in my life. Um about dieting, about being fat, about looking, you know, I'm 10 pounds overweight, I need to lose weight and, and all of that, you know, that we that we hear. So I just latched onto that and made it my mission to be thin. Mm. Um, and I was never any more than, you know, fluctuating 10 or 15 pounds here or there. But um, nevertheless, I just jumped on board the dieting train and from age 12 to in my mid 30s, I dieted, and in between those years, there was also um, an eating disorder. And There's, um, I trained myself to eat emotionally, which now I recognize why I did that, and I know the reasons why, and I've investigated that very deeply. So that's, I've helped eliminate myself of the shame of eating emotionally and binge eating. And that went a long way to um, helping me solve the problem. But how that uh, informs my approach to weight loss for other women is that um, there's a tremendous amount of shame involved obviously in what we look like in our bodies and you've gotta figure out why you're using food in a, in an unhealthy way it's I always say it's not about the food it's about the way that you eat the food Mm -hmm. so I try to help women uncover why they eat emotionally or binge eat and get to the root of that and then work on changing their habits and their um, mindset at the same time so all of those work together to help um to help really transform your body I don't want to say weight loss I want to say a transformation so I
0: like that and that's even even healthier verbiage healthier terminology yeah. so that we're not necessarily focusing on weight loss and dieting but transformation and lifestyle change yeah so before we tackle the actual issue of weight loss let's talk about the industry itself the global weight loss industry is booming right now and it's valued at about 255 billion with a b Wow. Um, that's a lot of money. Like, that's more money than I can it's, actually even, that's like millions on top of millions on top of millions. Right, um, right. And fueled by rising health care concerns an aging population, increased incomes, those are all, I think, factors and characteristics that are, you know, fueling this industry. But what else mm-hmm. do you believe is underlying the exponential growth of the weight loss business?
1: Oh my God! Well, I know what it is. It's a culture. <laughs> you like eating? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I know what it is. Is that women are trained from day one to to focus on their looks at the exclusion of all else, and that not just our potential is secondary, but that our looks are our potential, yeah. and it's fueled by this. I, I hate using buzzwords but like you know the patriarchal culture but it is true and I'll, I'll always make a disclaimer that a patriarchal culture affects men as well as women yes. it's men are not the enemy we it keeps getting passed down to all of us so right. it's a problem for everyone but that that influence is driving mostly women and that's who I who I work with but um it's a self-hatred it's a shame around our bodies around our sexuality and we are so um filled with self-loathing in my opinion about what we look like that we it um it's counterintuitive but the irony is is that the self-hatred we feel is what fuels us to eat Mm -hmm. in an out-of-control way and that keeps us in a um in a situation or a scenario where we are doing the very thing that we're trying, we keep trying not to eat, right. but then we're eating to make ourselves feel better. And so because our looks are what we are trained is the utmost important thing, we are desperate literally to do anything to normal or stabilize or, I guess, um, counterbalance mm-hmm. all of the self-destructive behaviors that we engage in. So we diet in an effort to rid ourselves as fast as possible of um, the evidence of our, you know, unhealthy eating behavior. So that's where I think it comes from. Yeah,
0: and I think you talked about a very important factor in that it's not just a patriarchal society that's influencing women, but it's one message, but with two sides. So there's a side Mm -hmm. that men are receiving and there's a side that women are receiving. And both are being reinforced every time these statements and these images are created and propagated. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's, again, it's obviously driving an industry. It's clearly been successful. So if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. And so I think it's important that there's um, healers and providers and practitioners inside the industry that are working to break that chain, break that cycle so that it doesn't continue to get propagated. And even when it does, there's other means to address it in healthier ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk, I think you mentioned relationship with food. So talk with us Mm -hmm. about what that phrase means to you.
1: Um, Well, what that means to me is that, first of all, food is just food. Food is fuel, but it's the way that we are, um, the way our psychology, that we are approaching food and eating um, is what constitutes the relationship. And a healthy relationship with food is to see it as what it is. It's fuel, Mm -hmm. and it's not loaded with all kinds of emotion, like, you know, I'm afraid of this. I'm, you know, carbs are the enemy. I'm not supposed to eat carbs. I'm, you know, all of these things that give it power over us. But if you can take an unhealthy relationship that you have with food, which is usually a fear-based relationship that you're setting up, um, you're setting up certain foods as... Um, they're off limits Mm. and then that makes them more desirable and then when you've trained yourself to eat emotionally you you head straight for those foods and make them even more scary and more of the enemy but a healthy relationship with food is to first see that food is is your fuel Mm -hmm. it's to nourish your body and um, and if you allow yourself actually to eat some of the foods that you consider off limits instead of you know setting them up as highly desirable you binge on them and it it keeps it keeps fueling this out of control view of those foods if you can allow yourself sometimes to just have those foods and and you know relax think about notice your thoughts while you're eating those foods a lot of the times um, they become less appealing if you're really noticing how you feel when you eat the food but to me a healthy relationship with food is to see it for what it is and um, just pay attention to what you're thinking and and learn how to manage those thoughts excellent excellent
0: so what are some of those common destructive habits and negative thought patterns that often fuel that downward dieting spiral?
1: Um, mostly those destructive thoughts are about ourselves, okay. you know, about what we, how we feel about ourselves, what we think about our bodies. We have a, we have been trained as women um from day one to have this resistance toward our bodies and the more that you are not in tune and not really inhabiting your body no matter what it looks like you are preventing yourself from ever changing it um so the first step to me is to start working on the way that you see yourself the way you talk to yourself the way you um Carry yourself throughout your day. That's the biggest thing that I work with women on changing first. You know, I always say, again, it's not about the food, mm-hmm. not, not at first. Well, right. You have to change how you feel about yourself. So that's the biggest one.
0: And I think you reinforcing that it is, it is not about the food. It's about the concepts, the opinions, the characteristics that form our thoughts about food. Um, mm-hmm. Because like you said, food is what it is. It's not a, a bad entity. But our relationship and how we kind of form dependence on certain things, whether they be in the form of addictions or be in the form of cravings, whichever way you want to phrase it, that's still about an approach that we have towards food. And sometimes it is fear-based. And some that mm-hmm. cyclical motion is detrimental and can be very destructive, especially when it turns into an eating disorder that you mentioned before, like yes. binge eating or anorexia. And while Mm -hmm. those are extremes, we all, I think, hover somewhere around that area where we're like, oh, I just have to have or I need, even Mm -hmm. when it's not necessarily the thing that's fueling us in terms of living to eat, not just eating to live. I mean, yeah, living instead of living to eat, eating to live and making choices that are beneficial for us versus choices that are pretty much just, you know, base in terms of that carnal drive to like put food in our mouth
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no it's true and I think if I can just interject one small thing it's the way that um the language that you use around food is really important too so I try to work with people to stop saying things like I'm a chocoholic Mm -hmm. or I'm obsessed with potato chips things like this because that just keeps you in this unhealthy relationship with it. I mean if you look at it try to be as objective as possible especially about your own body but like you know I enjoy having a few potato chips results in a very different action than I'm obsessed with potato mm-hmm. chips. I just can't get enough of, you know, I'm that addicted kind of thing. to. I'm addicted. I
0: just yeah, can't. that's a big one. Um, yeah, I can't stop my eating best friend. Those. like all those things. Uh, yeah. 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 All of those <laughs> things, all of those things. And again, I'm probably even guilty of saying Those same things, I actually, I mean, they're foods that I absolutely love, Um, but it's not to the point that I'm like, I can tell sometimes, I'm like, okay, how many times have you had ice cream this week in any way, shape, or form? (laughs) Like, ice cream is one of my weaknesses, and I think I say that more times, even out loud, like, ice cream is my weakness. Yeah. And I say it in jest, but like you said, it's not an empowering statement at all. Ice cream no, isn't and I, I I'm do, stronger. Too. I'm stronger than ice cream. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Well,
1: about like <laughs> ice cream? I really enjoy ice cream. I love yes. the way that it tastes, but it's yeah, it's not the same
0: statement. So, yeah, because
1: we're not I'm weak. We are all powerful. You know, it's just food. It's just, it's just
0: food. <laughs> and so I like even want to reframe my own thoughts about the statements that I make, even though they sound um, inane Inocuous. or benign, innocuous in the moment. Yeah. As many times as I can hear myself repeating that same statement it's almost empowering myself to like, okay, well, you can't, it's your weakness. So there's nothing exactly. you can do. And so, yes, I'm going to thank you very much. I'm going to change my, yes. my statement so that they're more empowered. <laughs> I enjoy ice Me cream. Too. And that can, I, I can yeah. put a period at that sentence. Perfect. <laughs> See? I love it. All, all things are changing already. Yay. All right. So when we factor in making sustainable lifestyle changes, tell us a little bit more about the possibility of losing weight without the dieting.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, really the, only way to permanently change your body is to assess all of your habits, the habits that are getting in the way of you achieving the physical health that you want to achieve. I'm never going to say, you know, what's keeping you from your goal weight, because it's really just arbitrary. But mm-hmm. what what are the habits that are interfering with you getting to the healthy, vibrant existence that you want to be living in? And take three to five of those, look at them, pick the one that's the easiest that you think would be easiest to change and you just start making teeny tiny modifications to that habit over time so that a bad habit ends up turning into a good habit over time instead of just saying oh I have this really horrible habit I'm going to quit eating oreos after lunch and I'm going to start you know eating grapes or I'm going to I'm going to quit eating a cheeseburger and fries for lunch and then I'm going to get a salad instead that just doesn't work right. so um yeah, there's a whole process. It's about changing your thoughts, changing your habits. And um, I, this is what I teach in my practice. But um, it takes time, yeah. and it takes an emotional and investment mm-hmm. and a commitment to noticing what you're thinking day to day. There's a whole goldmine of opportunity to make changes just based on what we think on a day to day basis, but we don't notice it. You know, we go straight from a binge right into shame without saying, well, what, what precipitated that? What was I thinking while I did it? Um, yeah, so it's just a process. People want a quick fix, though. We're all desperate to just get rid of the weight, but the weight is just a side effect of the way that we're eating, the thoughts that we think. So um, and the I hope time, I answered your question. Yeah, yeah. and the time <laughs>
0: fa- factor. I think a lot of time, there's a time um, dependent factor there. Like, oh, you gained weight over the course of, let's say, a year, but then you want it lost in a week. Uh-huh.
1: Right. That's also
0: like, this didn't happen overnight. That, that didn't work, yeah. So it's not going to like reversing that overnight because these were habits, these were routines, these were patterns that led to a process of mm-hmm. life th- over the period of time that this, you know, all this kind of stuff ha- happened. And so now it's going to take that same habit, those same yeah. routines, those same habituated actions over the probably in twice the amount of time because your body's now in a new norm and like experiencing life differently to undo that work because it's so much easier to, you know, roll the ball downhill than it is to push one uphill.
1: Oh, so true. And also there's a time delay with the actions that you took and the weight showing up. So like right now you could be exercising your ass off. You could be eating all the right things and then you want to wake up tomorrow and say, why, why isn't this weight gone It's sort of like what you were just saying, but I want women to also get there's a time delay, like all your efforts right now, just because you can't see the effects doesn't doesn't mean that they're not there. They're showing up. It just takes it's a time delay. Yeah,
0: Yeah. you didn't eat your first you didn't, like you said, have your first like, you know, overeating, you know, period or overeating meal. And then you were, you know, 20 pounds heavier the next day. That took time and it's going to take time to, you know, reverse that as well. So very important. Talk with us briefly about setting up your kitchen for success.
1: This is a good one. (laughs) because It's a great one because I think um, most people are not aware of just how powerful your environment is on what you do every day. Your environment is pushing you to do everything that you do. But we're so used to looking at what we see around us that we're not noticing that, you know, it has lots of areas for improvement. your environment actually can help you make decisions it can make decisions for you if you set it up the right way right. so it's simple things um and this has been proven in research that if you just do things like setting water out if you know if you don't drink enough water but you put it out on your counter mm-hmm. you're gonna drink more of it yep. if you put soda out on your counter there's one study and i i can't remember the full details i need to look it up but if you had Soda out on your countertop, even if it was diet soda, you were on average likely to weigh, I think it was almost 20 pounds heavier than women who didn't just have it in sight, that's even beautiful. if it was diet. Yeah, that's completely yeah.
0: believable. Completely believable. Yeah. I do the same so, thing with water. I keep water by my nightstand. So the first thing I have, even before I like get up, get out of the bed, is I, you know, I can guzzle down that first cup of water. Yeah. And then after it's that, there. I'm not thinking about juice. I'm not thinking of, even about a smoothie for that matter. I want another glass of water and I usually wind up having at least one or two before I even leave the house. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling good about That's myself awesome. today. <laughs> That's
1: a Chain reaction. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, and in your kitchen, I think too, um, a lot of women say, you know, I hate to cook It, You don't even know, probably, that you hate to cook. You probably don't try. The kitchen has become a place of, like, dread. It's stress. It's overwhelming. I don't feel like cooking all of this. I don't have time to cook. Um, But if you set your kitchen up the right way, cooking can actually be something very enjoyable, and you don't have to cook gourmet meals. But, like, interacting with your food instead of just, you know, picking up some leftovers and nuking it in the microwave, Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's – that's feeling a disconnect between you and your food Absolutely. um yeah so making your kitchen a place that is beautiful that is organized for sure um and where you have the things that you need to actually make a healthy meal and you've set it up that way yes. to promote healthy habits that just it's like you almost don't even have to it makes willpower non-existent right. or totally irrelevant um but, yeah, I have a guide, actually, on my website if, uh, if your listeners are interested. It's, um, if you go to my website, and we'll get to the website at the end, but it's a free
0: guide that you could get um, to set your kitchen up the right that way. That sounds great. We'll put that yeah. in the show notes most definitely. Cool. And so not just limiting it to the kitchen because, for some people, their kitchen is their social space. Like, that's where everybody, you know, meets, especially if you have one of those islands and not necessarily a table. But the island can seat four to six people. Everyone meets in the kitchen. And that's where the meals and the snacks and yeah, the everything else. There's yeah, there you room. go. hang out, yeah. out
1: at the island. <laughs> the island
0: is the place. It's the like the hangout yeah. spot in the house. Um, even, you know, even, I even say even more so than like the living room or where the TV is because the food mm-hmm. is in the kitchen. And it's like right there and you can talk and you can laugh and you can drink and you can socialize and it's such a good place. But unless, like you said, it's set up for success, that place can be a place where you can pretty much fall into some traps. Um, Yeah, definitely. So setting up your kitchen for not just it to be a social environment, but a safe and healthy environment as well when you're hanging out there. So that's good to know. What yeah. other physical spaces in one's life may need some attention or some sprucing up so they work for instead of against your best intentions?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I would say every space you live in. But, um, yeah, I mean, your bedroom, it, health doesn't just start with what you eat. I mean, getting a quality night's sleep is, is like, I don't even think that we emphasize enough the importance of sleep and I, I used to live in my own apartment. I had a TV in my bedroom, and, you know, I'd go out with my girlfriends, eat too much, drink a few too many glasses of wine, and then turn on my TV and pass out, go to sleep, and I wouldn't sleep at all. Right. And I started to figure out um, that my bedroom environment was not conducive to me getting sleep. The TV was on. I would fall asleep with the TV on. So I took the TV out. And I invested in some really fabulous um, bedding yeah. that, you know, was expensive, but you spend half your life in the bed, so why not make an investment where where it counts? And now I set my room up. My bedroom is a beautiful space where I feel peaceful and relaxed and comfortable. And I also um, I think it's really important for women to um, set up their... I guess if if you're working out at home or you're going to a gym, it's important to have everything that you need ready to go for the next morning right. or evening if you're going to work out. That's another area where people, you just sort of say, well, I don't, you know, I'm going to work out in the morning. Then I don't. I'm t- Like I didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, I roll out of the bed. I don't feel like it. But if you roll out of the bed or get up deliberately and all of your stuff is right there set up ready to go i swear it's we hear it all the time oh put your workout clothes out the night before but it really does make a difference yeah and that's about intentionality
0: that's about mindfulness Mm -hmm. and that's about setting yourself up for success we all have those moments where we are not ready to do the thing that we said we're trying to do to start a habit And I think a simple thing as like, you know, putting the glass of water on the table instead of juice, Mm -hmm. putting your sneakers by the door, packing up your workout bag, all those things so that even when you do wake up late, you're not having to, you know, make a meal of something or, you know, going to a fast food restaurant and getting something that's not designed for you or that's not necessarily good for you. So that's excellent as well. Um, You mentioned a little bit earlier um, about your website but before we go there let's tell us a little bit about your book Love to Lose I love the yes. triple quadruple entendre there so there's so many different levels I was like what, what? love to lose yeah there's yeah you putting the emphasis on the love the lose or well, the whole thing so it's good tell us about it well I
1: know I know women want to lose weight yes. and I get it but I want my the um title means love your life mm. and then the weight will start to lose itself and it absolutely is true love it. um because it happened to me and I lived it but um So the book is about when we were talking earlier about deliberately changing your habits and changing the thoughts that are associated with those habits. The book shows a step-by-step process for exactly how to do that. And so when you are actively changing your thoughts and actively changing your habits, those two feed off of each other and start to give you faster results. Mm -hmm. And then when you keep adding habit after habit, you get exponential results because... The whole thing is like an upward spiral. But I teach women um, the exact process, step by step, how to change thoughts, change habits. And then most importantly is setting a big goal that has nothing to do with losing weight because that is one of the biggest pieces since women have been so demoralized. And taking such a confidence set after dieting and failing for so many years, right. if you set a different goal that has nothing to do with what you look like, it gives you joy, creativity,
0: positivity, and it spills over into your health. So Absolutely. So talk to us one more time. You've mentioned so many different, not necessarily even buzzwords, but keywords for how to approach this lifestyle change how to approach this goal of transformation what do you believe your superpower as a provider as a practitioner in this uh, field of weight loss and body transformation more so mental transformation um, what do you feel your superpower is
1: my superpower hands down is empathy because i have been there and i know what it feels like to feel Um, to tell yourself in so many words how worthless you are how disgusting you look and what a failure you are and I know what that feels like and I, I it's my deepest passion is to reach out to women who feel that way and let them know that you can change things you have control and your life is about so much more than wasting it dieting and trying to lose weight so I would definitely say empathy.
0: All right. All right. And as you were on your own personal roller coaster and trying to, I guess, navigate away from a life of dieting, what got you off that roller coaster? What was the impetus? What was the catalyst that said, "Okay, today's the day. Enough is enough, and this time it's going to stick." Because I think a lot of us have that history, or many of us do in terms of, "Okay, we tried it and not necessarily with dieting or changing a li- making a lifestyle change but exercise, um, food choice, just habits that we know we should break or we wanna break and we wind Mm -hmm. up in this, I should, I should, I should, but never really getting there. What was that catalyst for you to say, you know what, this is enough and I, I wanna do better, I'm going to do better and this time it's gonna stick?
1: Well, it actually was a moment in time, and I could flash back to exactly where I was. I was in my apartment in Atlanta, um, my very first apartment alone with my first job, and I sat down on the couch, and I burst into tears, and I said, I cannot do this for another minute. I cannot keep... Um, shaming myself. I can't keep dieting and doing all of these crazy things like not eating all day, then trying to work out at night. I can't, you know, binge and purge. I was bulimic for a while. I just knew that I was killing myself mentally and emotionally and and physically. I wasn't, I was suffering too from all of the abuse, but I just decided I can't do this anymore. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit doing everything. I'm going to quit working out for the moment I'm gonna quit dieting for sure I'm gonna quit shaming myself and abusing myself I'm gonna get up tomorrow this is my this was my only like um, the only thing that I was determined to do wake up tomorrow And just be, Mm. just start my day and not be like, you know, with this voice in my head, like, oh, my God, you're not supposed to eat this. You're such a loser. Why can't you just stop eating? So I quit. And actually, for me, Lorena, to to make the decision never to diet again um, was huge because I was so afraid that if I quit doing all of these things that I was going to really gain like 20 pounds. Mm. I'm five, two. And I was afraid I was just going to like blow up and the opposite happened when i took all that pressure off myself and i you know if i wanted to go for a run and run you know a half a block i could do that if i wanted to walk i could do that instead of these like killing myself to do a five mile dead sprint and then call myself a loser when i didn't finish those kinds of things so all the pressure that i took off of myself and all that resistance that went away um it opened up my soul really to say you know um if I want to eat this ice cream I can and I would sit down and get ready to you know eat my ice cream like I I love ice cream too I'm going to do my air quotes I don't love it I enjoy it (laughs) I just can't stop eating it but I I would sit in front of the tv and eat ice cream and Mm -hmm. so um, I just said you know what if you want to sit down and eat your ice cream in front of the tv You know, go do it, and I did. And what happened was, is that it wasn't this like obsession to. It wasn't this moment where I was sitting down, trying not to binge, and then binging out of control, Mm -hmm. and then saying, "What just happened? You're such a loser." I ate it, and I didn't want to finish the whole carton. I just was sitting there eating it, going, "You know, I mean, it's good, but it doesn't really make me feel that good." I don't need that much. So all of these things started happening. Then I started cooking and started, you know, investigating nutrition and health. And that's what led me to take a class after work down at Georgia State University after after I got off work. And then that led to more classes and becoming a dietitian. So it's like if you just let go of this resistance and all of this psychotic behavior and thought processes let it go and i swear things will start to change you we are out of control by virtue of just trying to control everything constantly all the time it's like just you know let yourself be your intuition will start to kick in and you can start being nicer to yourself and it's just an upward spiral rather than a downward one absolutely
0: and two <laughs> things came into my mind as you were talking one, you mentioned that you had bulimia. That is a mm-hmm. vicious cycle of binging and purging, to the point of not just you know the weight, but there's also other body systems that are affected. So there's a mental and anorexia, bulimia. Again, different sides of the eating do- disorder spectrum, but equally detrimental. Talk to us about what the mental health, um, destructive na- the destructive nature of your bulimia had on not just the mental health component, not just on your physical health component, but how did you actually work toward healing the thought process around that this is a mental health disorder and now I need help getting and addressing this from a mental health perspective?
1: Yeah, um, I always tell people that um, bulimia is like the most it's just a manifestation of intense self-hatred. Because mm-hmm. is there anything more unnatural or violently um, abusive to your body than to take the food that is supposed to be nourishing you and giving your giving you life, mm-hmm. and then vomiting it back up? Yeah. You know, it was um, it was the most soul destroying time of my life. Um, at first, I thought I had found the answer because I felt like I was out of control binge eating, and I was. Um, but this was like, oh, my God, I can go eat all this food, and I can eat whatever I want. I can lock myself in my room and and binge, and no one will ever know, and then I won't be fat. Um, and I got so many compliments. Wow, you look so good. What are you doing? You know, how would you lose all that weight? But, you know, physically, my throat was... Um, you know all that it's it was awful you already know I'm sure your listeners can get the picture of how destructive physically it was but emotionally it was um it was horrible it was absolutely horrible and I didn't really realize the mental health effects of it um while I was in it 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 mostly happened after I managed to quit and I don't know how I I didn't get any help for it I just Mm -hmm. managed to say I woke up one day and I said you can't keep doing this you've got to stop this is Terrible but um yeah, I don't know. That was that was a really low point in my life. So yeah. it is it is a mental health um disorder, yeah. yeah. Mostly fueled by self hatred, I would say. Okay.
0: And I think again that's important <laughs> and even for you it wasn't necessary to have professional help. You found a place within you. But others it may not be that simple Mm -mm. so it's not necessarily as easy as you know digging in getting yourself some willpower and going but sometimes it is necessary for professional help and don't be afraid to ask for it
1: I I definitely want to say that I'm not some super person who I just it was so bad Mm -hmm. that I was suffering physically so bad that it just was getting to the point where it I had to stop doing yeah. it. So, And I didn't want to tell anybody. I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, but people, definitely, there's no shame in it. And it is
0: something to get help
1: for. And I totally encourage
0: that. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the second part of that was that cycle of, you know, cortisol. When you're stressed, when you're, you know, emotional eating, when you're eating, whether you're angry, you're sad, you're happy, you're joyful, you're fearful, you're worried, All of those emotions, again, when they're, you know, out of control and not well managed lead to like the increase in cortisol and Mm -hmm. not sleeping. Same thing. So now you're stressed out and not only are you eating more, but now you have this cortisol hormone who's like, okay, whatever you eat, I'm going to hold on to. And that doesn't help Mm -hmm. at all either. So, again, it's still that vicious cycle, that roller coaster of you're eating more, you're stressed out. You're eating because you're stressed your cortisol is you know through the roof and now it's yeah. even harder to lose those pounds that you gained in the first place and so it's like your art, like you literally on this the lifestyle is the weight gain and not the healthiness aspect and again it's not mm-hmm. even about the food always it's about the relationship it's about the underlying reason the underlying cause or why you're choosing the foods that you're eating in the first place Yes. All, all the habits coming to coming together, forming this routine, this process, this way of being, and I really do appreciate the fact like, that you've addressed all those components and even shared your personal story. So, right one more question before we sign off. Yeah. Um, what parting words of wisdom do you have for our listeners, and where can we find you on the Wide world web. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't know what our age group is, but I have a feeling we're in the same. We definitely are. The the technology, my kids are like, Mom, stop. Just stop talking. You're an idiot. Um, (laughs) um, Okay, so the parting words of wisdom that I would have for listeners is... um, You and it sounds so like cliche, but you really are so powerful. You're all powerful. You are, you have gifts and talents and abilities and uniqueness that you need to be sharing with the world. And the world is suffering from the lack of uh, potential that you could be realizing that you're wasting dieting and trying to lose weight. So stop, just stop. start making small changes day to day. But what I really want women to get is um, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your potential dieting and trying to lose weight. So um, stop doing it. And if you want to get tips on how to do that, you can go to my website. So tell um, us your website,
0: tell us your Instagram, your Facebook, all the places that we can find you, YouTube. I think you're everywhere.
1: (laughs) I, I, yeah, well, not everywhere, but, um, my website is R D dot com, and Instagram is camille underscore martin underscore rd, gotcha. um, and I think Facebook is camillemartinrd all run together. But um, and I do have a YouTube channel. I think you can just search we'll find, my name we'll find and find it. it. Yeah, I'll put a link. It's to a it. flat. It's fledgling, so um, I don't have that many videos yet, and you can you can go back to the very first ones and and marvel <laughs> at how absolutely terrible they were.
0: <laughs> no, that shows growth. I'm getting better. Yeah, that shows growth. <laughs> yeah. I, not every, I think that's a lot of times what people think. I mean, weight loss is, a, is a, an example, but when we're on Instagram, people see these like finished, polished, curated, oh you know, videos and nature. I was like, half the time these backgrounds aren't real. Um, these totally. people are completely yeah. curated. Filters. filters all over the place, and yet yeah. that's the light that they're trying to attain. That's the thing that they're trying to attain. And realizing, oh, yeah. these people have been in this business for you know however many years. You're just starting out, and it's just it's, again impossible things to try to attain in a time frame but we're not putting any context to it so I think it'll be nice to see where you started out and where you are now yes so you can see the difference (laughs) the time frame of what growth looks like and just that's exactly right some grace for yourself and some patience thank you you're right so thank you so much Camille and we look forward to checking you out on all the places that you are
1: Thank you, Lorena. I really enjoyed it. You're such a good listener. You're a great host.
0: Thank you so much. Well, thank you. All right. See you next time. Take a look at the show notes for more information about today's guest, links to the website, contact information, and social media channels. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life also please take a moment to like the episode subscribe to the channel comment and share with your family friends and colleagues till we meet again remember to nourish your flourish and see you real soon salud